One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Listen, it's Friday, and you know what we need on a Friday? We need some good news. And who's got the good news today? I got the good news. What's that good news, Clayton? Well, test results came back early, and they said little to no fetal DNA present. Let's go, baby. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is the Bachelor Clues. You ever see when they do that in Ooh. pro sports? When they they have to <laughs> NFL players say what university from they're from, and they're always like, "I'm from the Kansas State University." I'm from the UC Berkeley. I'm from the USC. 
We did it. Do we have clout now? Uh, no, I don't believe Is so. Is that good? Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> I do feel different today because I'm back, baby. Oh. I'm back in LA. LA icon for life. The Los Angeles. That's awesome. Congratulations. Welcome back. The city missed you. Thank I you. missed you. It feels Aww, like gore the, the gore powers are once again made whole here in the city of angels. Yes, we're only like six miles apart as as opposed to like a thousand. Six miles, but a five-hour drive. That's how LA traffic is. <laughs> but we are nonetheless here today to bring you this week in Bachelor Nation or this past weekend in Bachelor Nation or however you want to look at it now that we're doing our weekly roundup on Tuesdays. This past week in Bachelor Nation. Yeah, this past week in Bachelor Nation. Uh, we got a little bit of business up top here to get to before we get into the main meat of our episode. Of course, we're talking about the Game of Roses Patreon. You can just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses right now. Join us in the bottom of the pit, and you're going to get access to what I would call, scientifically speaking, a deluge of content. <laughs> We've got Pace Case Palapa popping off with Vanderpump Season 1. You can watch that along with Pace Case. Uh, of course, it's a historic season of what has become one of the more important shows in the entire modern reality TV arena with Scandaval. If not the most important. I would love to read a caption I just saw on the Patreon clues. Please. One of our members posted, this month's Patreon was the best $10 I've ever spent. FR, that means for real. Thank you, Pace Case Clues and team. Oh, well, thank you very much. So I'm sweet. Happy to hear that. Uh, you've also got Clues Corner popping off with all those Love is Blind season five episodes that I'm breaking down. And this season has been up. a fucking. I just, I just moved this weekend and had a wedding, but I am going to catch up, Clues. But you can just. It is an interesting season. I will say that much. Anybody out there who's watching it knows what I'm talking about. We've never seen anything quite like this, and we're going to be discussing a little bit about it in State of the Game. But also on our Patreon, you get everything else. You get all of our regular episodes ad-free. You get access to the Discord. Uh, you can watch along with us on our live shows that we do at 4.30 PST every Thursday, half an hour before Golden Bachelor airs. Just a bunch of stuff popping off in there. So we hope you'll join us for that. And of course, at gameofroses.co right now, if you're a fan of Ryan Sutter, because perhaps you watched the Clues Corners I did about Bachelor at season one, he was the ring winner. He wore a bucket mm -hmm. hat in that season while he read his poems. And now at gameofroses.co, you can get your own Game of Roses bucket hat to celebrate the poet laureate of Bachelor <laughs> Nation, Ryan Sutter, if you so choose. So we hope you will check that out as well. But now let's get to it, Pace Case. Let's start this show off as we start every show off with Game of Roses. State of the game. All right. I want to discuss today in State of the Game something that has happened in the past two weeks, basically in reality TV, dating reality TV, if you want to boil it down even further. Bachelor has taken the top spot again. Let's go. You got really riled up by the Ultimate Vikings uh, paternity tests video. <laughs> I, okay. That video did things to me. It changed my personality. <laughs> well, we'll be covering, uh, yeah, we'll be covering much more about Clayton Eckerd's Ultimate Viking paternity test results video 
in both news and parasocial plays. But uh, the I want to discuss the reason I think Love is Blind Season 5 is tanking and Golden Bachelor is doing so well. And I think that it has to do with a change in reality audiences and how we're perceiving the media, what we want out of it. Back in the day, when this shit first popped off, I'm talking about reality TV 2.0, the, what I would call second wave reality television. Early 2000s, you've got Bachelor premiering, you've got uh, Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race. Survivor, Big Brother. There was a show called Bad Girls Club. Do you remember that show? That show, uh, I've seen clips. Um, the one I was thinking about, oh, ANTM, America's Next Top Model, where I watched a lot of it. Tyra Banks is pretty intense to some of the players on that ruthless she's ruthless her whole point in that show was to make people cry like uh it was nuts but all those those first seasons of that era and i think it was maybe due to kind of what happened in the late 90s with uh real world moving into a more kind of salacious presentation of what they were doing, trying to get people essentially to fight and have sex on television, but also your Jerry Mm -hmm. Springer's, your Jenny Jones's. The shock and awe era. Shock and awe. And you wanted to see people fighting and doing malicious things. And that kind of set the tone for that uh, second wave reality TV. And we all kind of accepted it for a while. And I think that was okay because back in that era, this is just, again, my estimation of these things Late stage capitalism was happening, but we weren't really talking about it. I don't think we were aware of it in the public sphere as much as we are now. And so because the world seems like a kind of worse place, I think we want our reality Mm -hmm. TV to fulfill the same role, escapism, but we have to escape what's happening to us actually in real life, which means we want hope and joy and Mm -hmm. happiness in our reality TV not people fighting, not people screaming at each other, not people being assholes. And so you're seeing this play out with Golden Bachelor. And also I'd throw BIP season nine into this. I mean, I, I don't know if that one's as malicious, but... I'd throw Charity Lawson season into it. Opto 2023. A season full of optimism and like wanting real relationships to work out. And I feel like part of this... Part of this is that like Love is Blind has kind of set it up that they have four TRR couples and they need that to anchor the show. Absolutely. And this season, they ain't got that. They have arguably one couple. I'm going to have to do some spoiler alerts here if you haven't seen it yet. I know, Lizzie, you haven't seen the the two most recent episodes. Just do a a thumbs up when you're done. Starting now. I'll do a hand signal when when I'm done. Yeah. So what you've got in Love is Blind Season 5 right now is only two couples that have made it to the altar, at least that they're presenting. We know now that there was one other couple, Renee and Carter, who are actually present in the the wedding dress fitting and the guy's tuxedo fittings. They are there, but they are presented in the document as pod squad. So they're not given the same status as Lydia and Milton and Izzy and Stacy even though they actually were. They were cut out of the show. For what reason, I have no idea. So you look at like the footage that the producers got this season, and we're going to be talking about some of this in news too. There was another couple that, for obvious legal reasons, they've cut out of the show. But the season is a disaster. All they have are these, at least as they're presented, super mean people in Stacy and Izzy, 
And then you have Lydia, who actually has been accused of coming into the show for the wrong reasons, chasing someone into the show that she dated before. That's the accusation. We don't know if it's real. Nobody has has come forward to say, at least to my knowledge, if that is real or if she um, if she did come into the show, did she use her prior relationship with Uche as a means by which to convince producers to let her into the show so they could exploit that for their benefit? Or did she come into the show to follow him and just come in on her own merits and keep that their prior relationship a secret from the producers? We don't know. But nonetheless, the, the end result of all of this is none of these people are likable and you don't give a shit if they wind up in the relationships or not. You don't have a Brett and Tiffany. You don't have a Lauren Speed and Cameron, I forget his last name. Uh, you don't have these couples that people are rooting for. So instead, what you've got is a bunch of people yelling at each other, saying mean things, doing questionable shit, and it fucking fails. People are hating Love is Blind Season 5. And it's coming off the tail of Love is Blind Season 4, which was gigantic because you had your A couple. You had that ringer couple in um, Brett Brown and Tiffany Pennywell. And it's also bearing out across social media. You're seeing uh, this season, we'll get to it in gains, but you're seeing much lower gains this season on Love is Blind than you saw last season. And it's a result of this cutting it to be malicious. Then the flip side is Golden Bachelor. It's not malicious at all. It is perfect escapism. It is hope. It's all the things that they tell you in the show. It's very sweet. It's very sincere. And this is what we want. We want to see this because it gives us hope in our own lives. Uh, as much as it may be manufactured and completely false, um, it's what we want to see. All right, I'm giving Lizzie the thumbs up. Clues's face is covered in tears now. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was basically saying, without spoiling anything, that this season of Love is Blind is just like a fucking train wreck where you're just watching a bunch of people yell at each other and you don't like anybody, whereas Golden Bachelor is like, you like everybody and and you truly want the best for them. And that feeling mm-hmm. and in terms of being a fourth audience member is like what all these shows have to be striving for and i gotta say i don't know if the people yeah. producing the shows are like coherent enough to understand this but charity lost in the season of 20 the ratings fucking blew up in that last half because you had a real 4tr relationship going on between her and Dotton, and now golden bachelors also exploding the ratings i think they may just think it's a fluke or Golden Bachelor is working because it appeals to an older audience who is primarily the only one still watching network TV. But the reason these shows are working is because they are sincere and sweet and hopeful. It is, it is counter-programming to the malicious nature of mo- basically all other reality TV right now. The people seem like they are having fun. It seems like the people making the yes. show don't hate the people on the show, which I think is really... <laughs> It's really important and we need it. Yeah. It's uh that what happened last week in Bachelor in Paradise. I forget which segment it was, which uh, portion it was, but there was a portion somewhere in the middle right before Sand Beast came in and was like, we're going to do the circle of pain date where the portion ended with Sean McLaughlin in an ITM saying direct into camera tonight is not going to be fun. And then they cut to a commercial. That to me was like a crystallizing moment. These Producers don't understand reality TV now. They don't fucking get it. You should literally never have anyone in any show you produce saying, this is not fun. Why am I then watching it? It makes absolutely no sense. And the Golden Bachelor is the exact opposite. They end their portions on like, oh my God, the first one-on-one date, this is going to be amazing. Dance parties, shit of this nature. 
And so then the tears that are produced later, which we see in the promos, Gary's going to have some tough decisions to make. They seem more real and you're more invested in mm-hmm. them. It's not about the producers forcing this man into a nervous breakdown. It's about him having emotional difficulty with the pain he's going to have to cause some of these women as a result of the process that he signed up for. That's what The Bachelor is at its best. And I think these producers on BIP have like completely lost sight of that. They don't understand what the show is. We saw the the promo for next week. The poop baby turtle again. We're going to watch Samantha Jeffries trying to take a shit for half an hour. At, at the very least of that, it's going to be half an hour. You know that means they've... <laughs> They've just got a bunch of really great relationship stories in the can there. <laughs> in the can. When How dare you? When you've got a <laughs> poop baby turtle taking up half the fucking promo every week. My nemesis, this creature. It just seems like the the BIP producers... They have kind of their little playbook, which is we need a love triangle early in the season. Mm-hmm. And they've attempted to deliver that with players who are completely not memorable from whatever seasons they were in through no fault of the players, by the way. That was because those seasons were produced poorly and we got to know no one in any of the bubble seasons. And they're trying to hang at least the first two or three episodes on that. No one cares about it. And we'll get to the ratings. We're going to get to gains next. You'll see what's happening to BIP. Nothing good. <laughs> Poop City. Yeah, it be, they're in the toilet. You know what I'm saying? But un, un ching. But um, that's kind of where we are, I feel like, in terms of the state of the game. What is uh, reality TV, specifically dating formats, and why are certain things being massively successful and why are other things failing where, like I said, with Love is Blind, season four was a fucking juggernaut. That was their biggest season ever in terms of cultural impact, viewership on Netflix, even despite the... Mm-hmm. The disastrous live finale <laughs> that like never happened or only happened five hours later or whatever. Uh, even coming off that, I think there was a lot of anticipation about Love is Blind season five. And now you're just seeing it dwindle. Like read the comments on this shit on, on any social media platform you want. No, thank you. Nobody's into it. I don't read comments anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I just squint my eyes as I scroll my feed, just hoping for something. Give me a little joy. I am hoping that they don't even do a Love is Blind reunion. If it's this Mm. messy and chaotic and it's two years later, I feel like just put this season away, get to the next one, produce some love stories. I mean, ultimately... In truth, they should have canned this entire season. They should have just destroyed yeah. it. It's now we're going to get to it in the news, but like they're facing kinetic content and a another company called Delirium TV, which Kinetic uses sometimes to do like uh, secondary production for them, are facing an insane lawsuit from one of the players of Love Is Blind season five, and um, I think giving a general viewing audience or even like reporters and stuff any kind of insight, anything they can watch of season five is now like reflected in this weird lawsuit. It is it is just a fucking mess. They've really fucked themselves here and I don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to put it back on track or if Netflix even cares, honestly, because it still is like a, a big tentpole for them. They're not suing all of their cast. I feel like you couldn't. I feel like that just makes them look bad. Are they just doing the like, eh, well... Yeah, probably not enough people follow this close enough to notice the lawsuit. No, I mean we'll get to it in the news, but like I think Chris Colin is—he does seem to me. Obviously, he's a smart guy, 
And it, it seems like they're trying to take the angle more like the reality shows we make. Yes, we set up this, this weird premise, but it's basically documentary. That's kind of what they're mm-hmm. going for. And he's denying all these claims and stuff. We'll get to it in the news, but... Uh, That's why they call him the colon whisperer. Oh, whoa. He should be on uh, Bachelor in Paradise Season 9 as a producer. Yeah. But uh, it, it really does feel like they're getting sued every season now. <laughs> Which is like The Bachelor only gets sued every once in a while. They've only had a couple of lawsuits total. (laughs) Love is Blind has like multiple every season. That can't be good for them, in my humble opinion. But just give them food, let them eat. Well, he maintains they do. But uh, I'm hopeful that what's happened with Golden Bachelor is going to kind of spread to all the other shows too, and that we're going to get like a a happier, better era of reality TV right around the corner. Mm. But we'll see. Time will tell, I suppose. But that's the state of the game. We've got Golden Bachelor kind of redefining what I think reality dating formats should be or could be at least in this era. And we're seeing the fallout from it when other shows are not doing things like this, when they're sticking to the the playbook of like force people into nervous breakdowns, try to do malicious shit. It don't work. People aren't watching it anymore. And that is where we are. So let's move on now to that portion of our program where we talk about all the gains across social media and the ratings of our favorite shows and players. This is... This week in games. Gary and his senior players dipped a little bit this week in the ratings, shedding about 20% of its numbers from last week, which is normal for a Bachelor franchise show. Uh, But despite the dip, the Golden Bachelor still dominated the rest of Thursday night lineup with a 0.5 in the demo and 4.2 million viewers. Fox's Hell's Kitchen was Gary's closest competitor with a 4.9 in the demo and 2.76 million viewers, followed by CBS's Buddy Games, uh, with a 0.3 and 1.9 million viewers. That, by the way, is a reality format designed by Josh Duhamel. You know that actor? Yeah. Uh, Win a date with Tad Hamilton. Exactly. He and his friends, when they were, I guess they still do this maybe, he has some plot of land where him and his buddies all go out and like shoot each other with paintballs and set up these weird obstacle courses and shit. He's made two uh, scripted movies about this and now he's sold it as a reality format as well. Congratulations to him. Good for him. Yeah. And uh, a rerun of NBC's Law & Order SVU uh, pulled a point two with 2.17 million viewers. Sorry to say for NBC. And an old season of F-Boy Island on the CW managed a point one with 200,000 viewers. And for the second week in a row, BIP season nine seems to be actively repelling viewers as it dropped over half the rating and raw viewers from the golden audience, limping into third place across all broadcast networks behind new season, new episodes of Big Brother on CBS and Lego Masters on Fox. Hannah Brown's Return to Sand came in with a 0.3 in the demo and 2 million raw viewers. Numbers down almost 20% from last week. Yeah, not looking good for this season of Love is Blind. I don't know what it's going to mean moving forward. Bachelor in Paradise. Or sorry, yeah, Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know if uh, if it's going to alter the... I, I don't know. There's just like... They're making so much money off Golden Bachelor. I can see a future where they are like back-to-backing Golden Bachelor, Golden Bachelorette, and they just don't have Paradise anymore. I could see that happening. We'll see. I want golden sand, though. As do I. Or mix them. Have Bachelor in Paradise have players from Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Golden Bachelor. Yes. I would watch the fuck out of that. All generations. We were discussing how there should be one for each generation. Yeah. Just break them off into all the iterations. I agree. 
Gary Dice is our Barbenheimer. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about our Love is Blind Season 5 Instagram followings. Now, by this point last season, you had multiple players over the 100K mark. I believe at this point last season, you had uh, Brett Brown and Tiffany Pennywell were around 300K. This is with one week left. They have one episode that's going to come out next week. And mm. you're just going to see these numbers aren't even close. Your top number right now is Izzy Zapata. He's at 63.1K. Uh, he gained a bunch since last week, basically doubling his score from last week. He was at 35.6. He is with Stacy Snyder. She has 62.7K, a close second. She gained roughly the same amount. She had 33.9K last week. Then you're moving on to, and this is interesting, your next closest player is Taylor Rue. Taylor is at 57.9K, had 32.6K last week. She was with JP, the American flag enthusiast, uh, who has 12.9K now, up from 7.4K last week. But Taylor has been out of the program. She self-eliminated and is in third place because I think there was a big kind of victim at it. People felt very sorry for her that she had to be with <laughs> this, this American flag guy. Uh, then you've got next, Uche Oko Roja at 469 Okay. He is a villain. No two ways about it. Big time villain. Mm. And he's got 46.9K. He's about to break the 50K threshold. And he was at least dating Lydia Arlene uh, before the season, who has 37.7K. She is now with Milton Johnson, who has 40.5K. So it's kind of a mess. It's kind of jumbled. But the bottom line is Izzy's on top of this mountain with 63.1K, which is abysmal for this show i mean i it's like i don't want spoilers but is he is he in a, you don't want root for him and his partner oh you definitely don't root for them so what are you how do you explain these gains what gains they're at 63.1 it's nothing i mean but they're at the top of the pack they're not going to be able to monetize they're at the top of the pack because they're getting mm. the most screen time but i don't think that they're going to be able to monetize out of this i can't imagine mm. it like maybe if they get and I, I believe they probably will get married. Maybe that'll bump them over 100K. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. um, the bottom line is no, you do not root for any of these people. They are all presented in the document as very mean. It's hard to watch. This season's like a hard mm -hmm. season to watch because of that. And I'm not saying that they should necessarily cut out the mean shit they're doing. Like, I guess it's part mm -hmm. of, of what they've done. But Jesus Christ, it's like the producers just don't, there's no um, effort given into like presenting these people as likable. Were they? I thought they were going to shoot and air a bunch of Love Is Blind seasons like back to back. Did mm. that not happen? I don't know. I think maybe they're in the middle of shooting those now. This one was before DC, which was where I think they started that kind of like gotcha mass production schedule. Um, because I would just wonder if like maybe yeah. there's different production teams on different seasons at this point. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. But the editing and stuff, probably not. Like, once right. you have all your footage, and it's like, all right, let's sit down and see what we got. What's this season going to be like? Right. They decided this, and they cut out two other couples that, that got married or got engaged and made it to the, you know, the Mexico fantasy suite round, whatever you want to call it. You know how hard it is to cut those motherfuckers out of the, the group meetups and shit? You were telling me what they put as the Chiron. Pod pals, they call them. <laughs> or pod squad. Sorry, pod squad. Pod is what they're squad. Trying to, yeah, which is dumb in and of itself. Just a bad name. That they put 
other people who were engaged yeah. who just happened to be in the scene as pod squad. Got turned into pod squads. <laughs> Terrible. You got pod squatted. <laughs> yeah, they did. Potty squatty. <laughs> or Renee. She seems like a great player. You just you're never gonna know. She did seem like a great player. I just assumed she didn't end up with someone. Just from like the SDCOs. Now for those golden crown gains, Gary Turner gained 6K Instagram followers this week. He's got 48.5K total. Gotta do better to monetize. Yeah, I think he will. I think by the end of his season, he's going to be in the the multiple hundreds of thousands. Maybe a million. I think he can crack a million. Top Golden Bachelor Instagram gains. Leslie Fema took the top spot this week, gaining 1.1K for a total of 3.9K. Teresa Nist gained 849 for a total of 2K. Night one girl and best friend forever of Sweet Nums, Renee Wright, has come back into the fold, gaining 745, 715 followers, sorry, for a total of 2.7K. Chair Rose Ceremony Advocate Natasha Hardy gained 686 for a total of 2.7K. Faith Martin gained 682 for a total of 3.6K. The ratings are not translating into numbers. No, but I think this is generational. Instagram is primarily a millennial platform. Are millennials mm-hmm. watching the show and wanting to follow these people? Doesn't look like it. Do we say number of Facebook friends? Is our is that generation just not following people at all in, on anything? Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who... Only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable 
It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Yes, I think that's accurate. Now for the top five golden Instagram chart. Night one player Patty James is in number one with 7.2K. Leslie Fema is taking second place with 3.9K. Faith Martin is in third with 3.6K. Honey Bear Renee Wright is in fourth with 2.747K. Natasha Hardy rounds out the top five with 2.713K. You got to, once we get down into like the single digits, that's when you know it's fucking bad. (laughs) 0.001K. Go to this player. (laughs) Let's move on now to BIP. Despite BIP's tanking ratings, some of these players are making semi significant gains here. Our top gainer this week was Kylie Russell, the center of this love triangle, gained 6.3K for a total of 35.3. Will Urena gained 6K for a total of 37.2K. Jessica Gerard gained 4.6K for a total of 95K. Rachel Rachel Recchia gained 4K for a total of 544K in fourth. And Avon Jones is coming in at fifth place, breaking the 100K barrier with a gain of 2.1K. He now sits at 101,000 followers. Congratulations to Avon. Top five total BIP Instagram chart. Rachel Rachel Recchia in first with 544K. Penis enthusiast Blake Moines comes in at 428K. Avon Jones, third place, 101K. Jessica Gerard, 95K. And Kat Izzo in fifth with 42.4K. And the top five BIP TikTok chart is as follows. Rachel Recchi is on top with 137.1K. Glitter player Jessica Gerard in second with 89.8K. PP 2.0, 32.7K in third place. Kat Izzo, 14.3K in fourth. And Kylie Russell in fifth place with 9.3K. So these numbers are all very low, at least in, in comparison to what we've seen in past BIP seasons. But they are gaining. 
and uh, we'll see what happens by the end of the season. Now let's move on to that portion of our program where we're talking about all those luscious tids from around the nation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, some love is blind news. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Tran Dang, a player from the most recent season five of Love is Blind, is suing Kinetic Content and Delirium TV over alleged sexual assault, false imprisonment, and negligence that she claims took place during shooting of this season. Dang and her fiance, Thomas Smith, were edited out of the season, and she currently alleges that she was sexually assaulted on set by Smith and that producers did nothing to stop it following their uh, designated time in the pods. Dang claimed that she and Smith flew to Mexico with the other betrothed couples for the next round of the game where she alleges Smith sexually assaulted her. Dang said she reported the alleged incident to an assistant producer whom she claimed gaslighted her by implying that she was at fault for what had happened with Thomas Smith by not communicating effectively or somehow not taking the relationship seriously. While in Houston, Dang alleged that she was unable to go anywhere freely and that, in quotes, her movements were continuously monitored by a wrangler. She said she tried to quit the show during that time but claimed she was told she needed to film a final scene with lines allegedly fed to her by production, which is when she consulted an attorney. Colin insisted that Dang's false imprisonment allegations are preposterous and ridiculous, saying you come and go as you choose. You're not required to stay. If you stay, that is your decision. The participants are not under our control. They are living their lives. We come and we film them for a period of time. We leave. They can leave as many, many, many people have before any time they want. Dang is seeking more than $1 million in damages for extreme emotional distress, pain, mental anguish, and suffering. We're going to be covering this story more as it unfolds. Uh, but it seems like Love is Blind faces some kind of legal trouble almost every season now, and their party line is always the same. Chris Colin gets out ahead of it, gives an interview to People Magazine where he's like, I didn't know anything about this. Nobody did, and we refute all claims. This is all complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the truth of this is. I don't believe any of us do, except the producers of this show. Will we ever know? And the the people filing the lawsuit. We probably won't, but I don't know. It It just doesn't seem good that you're constantly (laughs) getting sued by people who went on your show claiming that you're doing horrible shit to them. And we have a long history of actual evidence of other producers in similar kinds of shows doing this exact shit. It seems very likely that they're lying to me. In my opinion, I think Chris Colon is lying. And I think that these things did happen. My opinion. Dang. Yeah, but no, we wish obviously everybody well in this. This is like, if these claims are true, absolutely fucking horrible. And um, this could be the kind of thing that if it is found in her favor, if it is found that these things did happen, is this the end of Love is Blind? I mean, how can you allow them to keep making that show? It, I feel like they're show ruining allegations, you know? Uh, speaking of allegations, up next in Bachelor Nation News, there is a new development in the Clayton Eckerd paternity case. Last Friday, the Ultimate Viking took to Instagram to reveal he received the results of the paternity test he underwent in response to a lawsuit from an Arizona podcaster who alleged she became pregnant with twins after engaging in sexual activity with him. The clip we played to open today's show was from Eckerd's Instagram reel in which he claimed a full exoneration in the case. However, the podcaster told Us Weekly in a statement that day 
that the lab that ran the paternity test informed her that, quote, there was an issue with my sample and that they needed another sample from me, which I am giving first thing on Wednesday. The 33-year-old, whose name was not made public, alleged in her August lawsuit that she and Eckerd, in quote, engaged in sexual activity on one night in May. Eckerd maintained that the two, quote, did not have sexual intercourse. And in his response to the woman's lawsuit, he requested a court-ordered paternity test. Perhaps there will be more to the story once the unnamed podcaster renders a viable test result herself. But for now, it seems that the ultimate Viking is not the father. We will continue reporting on this story as it develops. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, Season 23 crown Colton Underwood has taken the next step in his entertainment career with the launch of his new production company. Along with his husband, political strategist Jordan C. Brown, Underwood launched as Best Friends Productions, which currently has three projects in active development, one feature documentary, and two unscripted projects. In all of his projects, Underwood hopes to target issues that spark conversation among diverging viewers. He believes that growing up in a Republican family in Indiana, uh, he can push through to middle America and help educate people who have not been exposed to the severity of issues facing the LGBTQ plus community. At their production company, Underwood and Brown are trying to create meaningful content that creates conversations. Earlier this year, Underwood stepped behind the camera for his first scripted project, where he served as an executive producer, the short film Scraps, a coming-of-age gay romance directed by Ryan Norden set in rural 2003 Montana where two closeted teen boys navigate skateboarding, the judgment of their small town, and a summer of unexpected young love. Will Colton Underwood be the next Shonda Rhimes? Time will tell. My opinion, probably not. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think there's going to be another Shonda Rhimes. I think that is a singular, once-in-a-lifetime kind of uh, talent, personally. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, could another Paradise couple be over? Last week, Piper James seemingly confirmed that she and Brenda Marais have ended their relationship after nearly two years of dating. James took to TikTok last Monday to share an update on her love life in a short video featuring herself dancing to Lone Star's 2001 hit, I'm Already There, with the caption, when they say, go to hell, but I'm still recovering from the whiplash my last relationship caused me. James and Marais will perhaps... Be most remembered by the nation for their villain edits on Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 after being caught on camera openly discussing Instagram gains and being accused by Grocery and his gang of disgruntled females of coming into the show with a prearranged game plan. We wish both Marias and James luck in their future endeavors as individuals. And some quick congrats go out to All-Star Bachelor Season 22, Pixie Hairdo Player Becca Martinez, who welcomed her third baby into her family with fiance Grayston Leonard, and Astrid Locke, who welcomed her uh, baby number two into the world with her husband and player, husband Kevin Went. I wrote husband too many times in that <laughs> sentence, I think. Husband Kevin, husband Went. Yep. And finally, excuse you what? A big happy birthday goes out to Victoria Fuller, who hit the big 3-0 on October 7th. Libra. Uh, but that's it. That wraps up all the news that we got this week. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all the plays our favorite players are making off the field on their telephones. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. 
We've got some strong plays from BIP players, despite what we have seen in the document. Keyboard artist Aaron Bryant celebrated feeling like himself again after filming two reality shows by dancing on a park bench. This TikTok is captioned, I love my therapist, hashtag FYP. Joan Vasos is back in the parasocial ring this week, mouthing the words to a trending Kardashian sound, okay guys, we're back. Did you miss us? With the caption, it's Thursday. That means hashtag the Golden Bachelor is back. Red rose emoji. Hashtag Team Joan. The reel has 213 likes and 7.8K views. That's 0.0213K. Sorry. Leslie Fe- <laughs> I, missed, I didn't say it right. <laughs> Leslie oh, Fema got into the Golden Parasocial game as well with a gorgeous offering. First, she posted Instagram stories at the Vikings game with both the rapper Trippy Red, 13.7 million followers, and a parasocial love level four with the young country's former crown, Michelle Young, 672K. Then she posted a whole reel of their day at the game, including a video where she's hugging and dancing with Michelle Young and put it all to the song that they put on Golden Bachelor when they did the dance party. She also has a, a moment in that video where she's standing underneath a giant image, uh, like a painting that's hanging in the Viking stadium of Prince and blows him a little kiss. <gasps> yes. Yeah, it was great. Great uh, young country play here. And what do we have next? A third golden entry? We love to see it. This offering came to us from <laughs> Kathy. She posted an image of herself with Susan during filming and called attention to fourth audience memes regarding their doppelgangers. The caption read, We became great pals during fil- filming. Call us Chris and Caitlin. Red heart emoji. We are friends and we love being golden. Hashtag golden friends. Uh, golden batch <laughs> ABC at Bachelor Nation. Uh, love to see a player retake the narrative like this. And we hope the Kardashians take notice. This was Caitlyn Jenner and Kris Jenner were the doppelgangers. Yes. Rachel, Rachel Recchia and Jessica Garrod teamed up for a TikTok where they lip sync about being random friends, but from the same place with the caption, Florida girls hit the beat. Hashtag bachelor in paradise. Palm emoji, white heart emoji. They raked in 8.3 K likes, 129.7 K views. BIP Season 9, ladies, Eliza Isichi, Olivia Lewis, Mercedes Northrup, Jessica Girard, Kat Izzo, Kylie Russell, and Rachel Reckia made a I'm happy to see my husband TikTok in paradise. This TikTok has 5.9K likes and 75.3K views. It's a nice grind train. All of these were strong plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Clayton Eckerd. The former crown took to Instagram Friday night to share the news that the <laughs> DNA results from the pregnant with twins situation, they came back and showed little to no fecal matter. Fetal matter. Oh my God. <laughs> And they also showed little to no fecal matter. <laughs> no, what you said was also true, though, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he issued gratitude straight to camera for his supporters on this tough journey. 
hopes that this will be his second and last false accusation and ends it with, back to that regularly scheduled programming, baby, and gives a little dance. The caption reads, anybody love some good news on a Friday as much as I do? If you know what I'm talking about, then here's the answer you've been wondering about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just keep scrolling. Know that over here, the vibes are immaculate. Hands up emojis. This was huge news for the Pizza King and the nation and a strong play. The reel got 12.1K likes, 375K views, and endless comments, including former Crown Katie Thurston, Will Urena, Andrew Spencer, Aaron Clancy, and my personal favorite, Zachary Reality. Quote, you are still a daddy to me. Red heart emoji. <laughs> That's a great fucking quote. Oh my God, what a good comment. Wow. Man, that's a strong zinger right there. Yeah, it is. But of course, this was in reference to that story we were talking about earlier. We'll be covering it as it continues to break. Um, But from what Eckert is saying here, what does that mean? That this woman is not pregnant at all? I don't know. Look, I I don't know. Fetal from fecal. Don't ask me. (laughs) I'm not a doctor. Okay. Well, once we figure out fetal from fecal, we'll have some more information about the story for you. But until then, we also had some uh, great creature plays here. We had the Golden Bachelor FIMP recipient, Faith Martin, posed for a selfie with her horse. Uh, It was very beautiful. But we have to give the Creature of the Week, Parasocial Creature of the Week award to someone else. Gore Girl Tammy Lee made an incredibly great video that was a cute outfit changing trend with her pup while doing Revolve Spawn Con at the same time. Fantastic work. Big congrats go out to Lee and her canine companion. Absolutely love this. So cute. I love this video. They're doing high five. It's so cute. I almost wanted to put this on the other ones, but I thought it needed to be highlighted in the creature section. Yeah, I agree. But that's it. That wraps up all of our parasocial plays this week. Now we got to move on to that final portion of our program <laughs> where we jump deep into the bottom of the pit and scream as loud as we can about how our fandom of our beloved game has drastically changed our lives and continues to do so almost on a daily basis. This is Screams from the Pit! My <laughs> scream is is more of a powerful emotional image. I was um, <laughs> I was at a bar this past weekend, my last night out in Young Country before I would return to LA. And at this bar, I saw someone chugging milk, not just any milk, breast milk, and there was. It was kind of a dare type situation. There was a breastfeeding mother at the bar. And I had this image. The milk just started to dribble, you know, as it does. The spillage. I had an instant flashback to two things. One, Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, Rosa Sharn. And second, the Sean Lowe group date where they're just... Looking goat's milk and it's just dribbling down everyone's mouth. Desiree heart sock. And uh that was just my my scream was just Yeah. Sometimes like things can be so shocking, like a visceral image that they get linked yes. together in your brain forever. I'll never forget Desiree chugging that milk and just the it's kind of like off white. It's not quite white, it's like yellowy, almost just fucking the breast milk looked the same way. Not not right. Well, I'm sorry. That's a disturbing <laughs> scream. Um, and yeah, the fact that you can see a uh, real human being 
drinking someone else's breast milk, an adult person, and your first thought, or maybe second thought, after Grapes of Wrath is Sean Lowe, Goldini. I got two screams this week. I got a minor and a major. My minor scream is, uh, I was walking around my neighborhood the other night, and I passed an apartment building on the second floor. It had in the window, stretched out like over the entire window, an American flag. And my first thought was, <laughs> does JP from Love is Blind season five live there? That's my minor <laughs> screen. That was my first thought. The first thing that came into my oh mind. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Minor. Minor screen. The American flag to me now is JP Love is Blind. That's its first meaning. Wow. No longer does it have anything to do with the United States. It has only to do with- That's beautiful. Him. That's deep in the pit. Thank you. My major scream this week is that I have become- I won't say obsessed, but I become highly interested in <laughs> video game production. I've played video games in some capacity my entire life, basically. And as we are entering this kind of technological era where video game production is getting easier and easier, like people are making video games by themselves now. You can There are enough development tools and stuff that if you put in the time, you watch enough YouTube videos, you learn how to use like a game development engine, you can essentially auteur style, make your own video game. And so I've been giving it some thought. Do I have time to do this? Could I actually do it and not have it destroy my life? And uh, I don't know what the answer to that is yet. I'm still doing the research, but I've begun to think what kind of game would I make? And the first thing that popped into my head is, Pokemon. no, you're a player in a bachelor style video game, but I would make it my... I love that image of the bachelor. So you are trying to defeat these producers while trying to keep alive as many players as you can. And the producers are trying to eat their souls. That is essentially the video game that I'd want to make. You have like multiple choice, like answers and they're trying to eat their souls. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. I don't know what kind of game it would be. It, It probably would lend itself to like some kind of RPG. You would be able to like trade. It would be like option X, like trade info with the producer, sacrifice this part of your soul to get this. <laughs> yeah. How many soul points? Maybe it could be like a deck building roguelike oh, type game. That. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, I think that's probably the easiest one to build by myself. But yeah, all I'm think- thinking about now is like, how can I translate like mm-hmm. how I see the show? Basically my weird memes of Chris Harrison as like a satanic figure. How can I make that into a video game? And that's that idea is now in my head. And it was the first idea I had for a video game. Again, I've played video games for, I'm 47 years old. I probably played them for 45, maybe 43 of those years. And my first... You played a video game at two? Yeah, I think so. At any rate. I Now I want to play this video game. There was some like story-based video game that I played in like middle school or high school. And it was like about like dating and like you had to make different choices and things would go well or badly. Leisure Suit Larry? Definitely not that. I don't know what it was called, but I know it wasn't that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it might have been. But we have one Um, more scream here to play for you. As you know, if you listen to this program with any regularity, during Screams from the Pit, in addition to our own screams, we also play a scream from someone in the pit with us. If you want to submit your screams, you just go to Game of Roses, or sorry, you go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, Join us on the bottom of the pit. Get access to our Discord. In that Discord is a channel where you can upload your own scream. Has to be a one minute or under audio clip. Dark Seeker 
collects these screams, listens to these screams. They exist in her mind for all time, and she sees fit to deliver one of them to us per week for our consumption. Here is that scream. It comes to us from Kelsey Little. Here we go. Hello, Pace Case, Bachelor Clues, and Dark Seeker. I have a scream to share with you today that made me realize just how deep down in the pit I am and that I might need to go touch grass. So I was at work today, and we have a chat channel for people who watch The Bachelor. There's one other pit dweller in there with me, but other than that, all sweet baby angels who believe everything they're being shown and told by the show. And so someone posted this afternoon, can't lie, I'm so excited for this Golden Bachelor season. It's got to be better than charity season and it being all about Brayden, throw up emoji. The level of self-restraint that I had to exercise to not go on a defensive tirade and say, how dare you come for Dangle Nation? You have no idea what play style we just witnessed. Brayden Bowers did things we've never seen in the document. He redefined the role of the villain. He changed the game forever. And how dare you drag charity into this? Anyway, um... I was about to go in with all that, and then I realized I have a shit ton of work to do, and I want to keep my job. So um, thank you for all that you do, and praise be our beloved game. First of all, I would just like to say, interesting scream, and I appreciate the defense of Braden Bowers, because I agree with you. I get DMs like this all the time. I see comments like this all the time. I have casual conversations with people about charity lossing <laughs> season, and it always boils down to this. If you're a layman, you think Braden Bowers was bad and made the season bad, and he's a villain. If you understand what the fuck you're watching, you don't think that at all. You realize he's a fucking integral player, that he's ushering in potentially a new villain era where we can like villains again, that he was doing things with wardrobe play, with the earrings, Dangle Nation, that we have not seen before in uh, The Bachelorette. You understand these things. And I appreciate that portion of the scream. I will say this. This is where the scream falls short for me. There was a decision made to do the work instead of go have this conversation with your coworker and defend Dangle Nation. That's when you get a deep pit scream, when it starts to interfere with the job. Yeah, this is a level one. Yeah, this is definitely level one. I'm happy that you had the thought. I'm happy that you had the reaction. It's the correct reaction. Uh, but if you could take it one step further, go have that conversation and take it as an opportunity to pull that coworker into the pit. Now we're yes. talking a real scream. Go one step further. Escalate the situation. My favorite part of this scream is that, as you called them just now, laymen, as some might call like sauce drinkers, but this screamer <laughs> calls them sweet baby angels. And I think that's a really sweet name for the layman. An SBA? <laughs> the sweet baby angels, they don't know. They're just sweet baby angels, babies. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, but thank you nonetheless, Kelsey Little. <laughs> Maybe the next time you have a scream, things will go differently. Maybe you'll be deeper in the pit. This is a level one. And it is good. It's a good start. Mm -hmm. Come back to us when you're level two. Yes. It's the good reaction. But uh, that's it. Those are our screams. And that is this week or last week in Bachelor Nation. We still don't have a good name for this. Submitting a scream is its own scream. That is true. I mean, once you're at that point, you're you're definitely in. But thank you again for that scream, Kelsey. And uh, if anybody else wants to submit that scream, like I said, you just go to patreon.com slash gameroses, jump in that discord, fire off your scream, and maybe we'll play it here. But that wraps up this week, last week in <laughs> Bachelor Nation, whatever we're calling it. We thank you for joining us. Twixt weeks in Bachelor Nation. That's what it should be. That fits Twibbon. Twixt weeks in Bachelor Nation. Like betwixt. Okay. I'll roll with it. Yeah. Nathaniel Hawthorne was a big fan of that word. Go back and read any of his stuff. Well, you say it all the time. That's why I say it. I say betwixt. Hawthorne who? 
You say Sandwich Toes. Oh, Sandwich Toes. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Twix, what'd you call it? Twixt Week in Bachelor Nation? Twix Twixt Weeks in Bachelor Nation. Thank you for tuning in to Twixt Weeks in Bachelor Nation. It really rolls off the tongue, Twix Weeks. Rolls off, yeah. It's very, very easy to understand and say. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us for Twixt Weeks in Bachelor's Nations. And we hope you'll join us later this week for our recap of everything that's going to happen Thursday. That's Golden Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise Season 9, Episode 3. And until then, before we go... What is that drawback? It's been 7,869 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, 
It has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Mm -hmm. 